What's up, guys? Matt Brown and Brett Colson here for the Week 9 Circa podcast here on thelines.com, PlayPix YouTube. Hope everybody is having a good week so far. Hope Thursday Night Football was good to you as well. Brett, we have an interesting card this week. We are taking a look at some of these games that have some pretty big spreads, and then we have some others that have been uh, on the move here due to maybe some injury news that could or could not come out, some things that are going on out there in the world. So uh, you mentioned before we started recording here, one, we're going to have to play just because we're getting a free a massive amount of points from where the line currently sits. And some of these other ones have been on the move as well. But how did you feel overall whenever you were trying to get to your five this week? You know, I felt pretty good. I, I, I thought there were some pretty good leverage spots this week for the contest. But like you said, there is one game where it's like, I hate taking the chalk and we know this is going to be chalk in the contest, but it doesn't matter. Like this is a free square. You just have to do it. So we'll get into that one in a bit. So, of course, guys, you know, the big injury news that has been going on this week, uh, Patrick Mahomes, questionable, likely not to play. He uh, ran with the twos all week long in practice. Joe Flacco moved to the IR. So Brandon Allen is going to get the start for the Broncos. Dwayne Haskins is going to get the start for the Redskins. So, I mean, big, big quarterback news there. Some running back news is James Conner is going to be doubtful for the Steelers. Then you got these wide receivers out here in Col- uh, uh T.Y. Hilton for the Colts is out. Will Fuller is out for the uh, Texans. And then you actually have some good news in Sterling Shepard is going to be back from the concussion protocol to play for the Cowboys. And so some of that news is pretty interesting. Uh, Adam Thielen questionable for the Vikings, but apparently on the good side of questionable. And then uh, Jimmy Smith going to be back for the Ravens. That's pretty big. Avante Maddox going to be back for the Eagles as well. This Eagles team continues to get healthier and healthier each week that rolls by. Uh, And then Josh Gordon, of course, was claimed off the waivers by the Seahawks. It does not look like he's going to play this week, but Josh Gordon is now on yet another team, Brett. Yeah, I'm just happy it's not the Buffalo Bills. (laughs) As you probably should be. I put out kind of a sarcastic tweet (laughs) yesterday, and, you know, everyone just was getting so, so incredibly excited about this guy. And I was like, you know, listen, over the last six NFL seasons, Josh Gordon has 103 receptions, six NFL seasons. He has 103 receptions. We had 10 different guys equal or exceed that in the NFL last year. Last year, yeah, we, th- we think all of a sudden this guy is just going to turn into 2013 Josh Gordon again. Come on. It is. It's pretty crazy that we continue to latch on to. And look, you and I are of the age where, you know, that that season is vivid in my memory for sure, because it was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen on a football. It was field. awesome. Yeah. In my whole life, I've never seen anything like it. It was the most unbelievable season for a wide receiver I think I've ever seen. But, you know, it was one season. <laughs> so I think that we've got to to understand that as we move forward here. One of the games that is definitely going to make our card is going to be the Jaguars plus one and a half. Always a reminder here, guys, the number we're giving you is the number for the contest for the Circus Sports Million and not the number that is reflected probably at your sports book that you're looking at this morning. So be sure and understand that we have to play the numbers that are printed on the website for uh, the the Circus Sports Million contest. So these lines are going to probably be different from what you see at your sports book as we sit right now. But the line that is over, that is printed over at Circus Sports, Brett, is Jaguars plus one and a half against the Texans over in London. 
Yeah, and I love this spot for Jacksonville. This Houston roster is a triage unit right now, especially on defense. We already know J.J. Watt on IR. He's done. But then you've got their best corner, Bradley. Roby out, another corner, Lonnie Johnson out. Imagine the the, the guy who has to replace Lonnie Johnson, how bad that guy is. Uh, you got safety, Deshaun Gibson out, plus Will Fuller out again. Two offensive linemen hurt. And then Deshaun Watson dealing with that, I think. I don't know what what his situation is that this would be my favorite game of the week if it wasn't being played overseas. But even there, I think the Jags have an edge given that they've played in young, in London yearly. They, they know the routine. They've got that down. A lot of these players have done it multiple years. So uh, that, I think this is a great spot. Uh, for the Jags, and I'm happy that you feel the same way. Yeah, loving this spot as well. J.J. Watt, while he wasn't showing up in the box score left and right, the J.J. Watt had 52 quarterback pressures on the year, which is one-third of all of Houston's pressures on defense. So they are losing one-third of all of their quarterback pressures and J.J. Watt not being on the field. He had 16 quarterback hits, and the entire team only has 24 for the season. So, I mean, while he wasn't showing up all over the place as like getting sack after sack after sack or whatever, his presence was definitely felt out there on the field. And for him not to be out there, this defense takes a big, big hit. And not only from the quarterback pressure standpoint, but also from a rushing rushing standpoint as well, the run success rate four teams when J.J. Watt is and is not on the field over the last couple of seasons climbs from 7.2% up to 10.4%. And it's just a guy like that just makes a lot of difference in a lot of different facets of the game. And uh, as you mentioned, with those two corners being out, safety being out, there's just a lot that they're going to have to be dealing with here. And honestly, the Jaguars, I think, are pretty equipped to to uh, go in there and kind of exploit this. Yeah, that defensive line is the only strength of this Texans defense. You take J.J. Watt away, and what what are they left with with all these injuries around him? So uh, the Jaguars should be able to feast here. I, I think this this offense is underrated. I think they have some really uh, underrated weapons in, in the passing game. I, I like Chris Conley a lot. I think uh, I mean obviously D.J. Chark has kind of blown up and uh, turned into one of the you know the up and coming receivers in this game. So uh, I, I think this honestly I would not be surprised if the Jaguars just won by a couple touchdowns. Let's uh, let's go to the other that is the, you know, as you mentioned, kind of the free space here. And while it didn't make your card, I think you have absolutely no problem with this <laughs> just from a strategy standpoint. It was yeah. on my card is just the Vikings plus two. And yes, you're hearing that correctly. Vikings plus two as the contest number here as we sit recording this on Saturday morning. It is actually Vikings minus two and a half as we sit right now. And once the news is official that Patrick Mahomes is not going to play, this number is going to get even bigger. So as we sit, we have a four and a half point um, movement in the line here that we have to take advantage of. And likely, Brett, by the time this thing goes off, I imagine it will get to Vikings three, if not three and a half here. So it's just there's just too much value for us to leave on the table. Yeah, they set the line here almost as a hedge in case Mahomes plays. I mean, what's the line if Mahomes plays? Probably a flip, right? Probably Chiefs minus two and a half, minus three, something like yeah. that. Probably probably a full flip from where from where it is, I would imagine, sitting right now. Because, you know, one thing I think that they will take into account regardless is just the fact that this Chiefs rush defense is pretty terrible. And, of course, this Vikings run offense has been really, really good. Dalvin Cook probably been the best running back in the league so far. And, um, you know, and, I, and honest to God, 
the the offense actually looks really, really good as long as Kirk Cousins has time to throw the ball. And of course, the Chiefs aren't up there. If you believe in pro football focus numbers and things like that, you don't. they are not up there in quarterback pressures and quarterback uh, pass rush grades and things like that. So if if that were to hold true, then, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins has been been really good. I mean, I think that you and I both have been a little bit kind of perplexed by this Vikings team some weeks I've been on them you've been off them some weeks you've been on them I've been off them but I think one thing that we both agree on is that they over the last few weeks have looked like a a pretty damn solid team oh they're they're great uh a team I usually with the home away splits with Cousins and this Vikes teams I I tend to fade in these spots it is a little a little scary going to Arrowhead but uh, you can't you can't ignore the free points, and it could be as many as like six by the time this thing closes, right? I mean, this yeah. is uh, this is just one you have to play. All right, let's talk about your must make here, and I cannot wait to hear about this. And that is the Broncos plus three and a half at home against the Browns. Well, I really like this Broncos team right now. I was heavy on them last week, uh, and they covered easily against the Colts. Now facing adversity uh, adversity with a backup quarterback who has never taken a snap in his NFL career. And I love these spots. This line moved four points off the look ahead here. But Brandon Allen making his first start at home in the friendly confines of Mile High against a team that is so lost right now. I just can't fathom them being a field goal plus favorite on the road. So I I like the Broncos here. I don't think anybody's going to take them in the contest. I, I still think this is a pretty fair number. I actually think this should be just minus three. So give me the hook. I know the line is moving the other way, but you know, that that's okay. Uh, we're, we're, we're in a contest here. We're not trying to beat the market. We're trying to beat 1800 other people. Uh, so I don't mind taking these weird spots where the number isn't necessarily favoring me, but I'm getting, a, getting a lot of leverage, uh, against everybody else in the field. In the, yeah. uh, in the field. Yeah. I mean, look, it's it's your must make. It has to make the card. This is probably my least favorite pick that you've made all year <laughs> long on this entire thing, because there's just too many. There's just too many unknowns here. I mean, like this Brandon Allen guy has been in the league for several years and has never been able to get off practice squads. And, um, you know, look, the 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 Browns defense finally back healthy last week. And if you look into that box score against the Patriots, I mean, one, not only should they definitely have covered, yes. but they should have, there, there was weird underlying statistics that the game actually should have been fairly close. It was, you know, turnovers on three consecutive possessions for some of the stupidest play calling and some of the stupidest decision-making I think I've seen in the NFL. Now, I have not agreed always this year with what Vic Fangio has done. There, there's no doubt about that. But if we're talking coaching advantage in this game, there's very, very little doubt as to where the coaching advantage lies. And that will certainly be on the Broncos sideline because Freddie Kitchens is going to be out of there at the end of this year. He has proven to be in over his head without a doubt. And some of the stuff that he has done. I think is honestly holding back this Browns team from its potential. Now I'm not buying into the preseason hype and you and I told everyone to temper the expectations of this Browns team coming into the season. That said, I do think that they've actually been kind of robbed of what their full potential could be this season due to some of these coaching decisions that have been made. Oh, absolutely. And on the other side, you've got a quarterback or you've got an offensive coordinator for Denver who was a quarterback coach who worked under Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco. So I expect Brandon Allen to be prepared for what's coming and I think the Broncos can can win this game, especially with this ground game against a leaky Browns run defense. Yes, the Browns are going to stack the box and, and they absolutely should. But I still think there's there's enough here uh, that the Broncos could just win this game. And, and Freddie Kitchens should already be gone. It, it, I, I can't imagine what that locker room is like right now with all of these divas 
in this in this turmoil. It's it's that's nuts. Yeah, I, I, know. I don't know. So let's go to my must make and my must make is going to be a pick that is not going to be popular this week. I think that all of the quote unquote sharps are definitely going to be on the other side this week. And that is the Patriots minus three and a half on the road at the Ravens. This has been all you've heard this week, Brett, is how the pick is the Ravens. And but here's the deal, though. All we heard last week was how the pick was the Browns. And all we heard, all we hear every single week is how the pick is always against the Patriots here. And I think everyone says, oh, no, the betting public and Patriots and this, that. But, but I think in the bubble that we live in, there's just as much groupthink. And like, I think that this is a situation where, you know, you and I have played a, a bunch of DFS in our day. And some guy, some guy will be floated out there as kind of a contrarian play or an off the wall play. And then by the time that, you know, Sunday, rolls around in our bubble and in our little group of DFS people, that guy is no longer contrarian or no longer off the wall because now everyone has started touting this guy as like the weird or the best play of the week or the play of the week because we live in a a bubble where, you know, we're susceptible to groupthink as well. And I think that a lot of that is happening right here with this Patriots Ravens game. And what we look at is a Ravens team that when you look at Lamar Jackson and what he has done when he has been forced to to throw the ball outside of one really good game, and I will give it to him, he had one really good game. Lamar Jackson has not been all that great, and especially, especially here, Brett, under pressure. And if this Patriots team is able to put any sort of pressure on Lamar Jackson, we're talking about a guy who's under pressure on target rate. This isn't even just completion rate. This is just on target, where he's putting the ball in what is deemed to be an on-target throw under pressure so far this year falls to 38.8%. Whereas from a clean pocket, Lamar Jackson's throwing on-target passes at 75.7%. If you don't think that the Patriots are going to figure out a way to make him uncomfortable, to make him have to do things with his arm that he's not uh, feeling completely comfortable doing, I I think that that, uh, you're really underselling what Bill Belichick brings to the table here and I think there's going to be a lot of zone defense is going to be run where the defense all keeps their eyes on Lamar Jackson none of this uh, none of this stuff where you know you're running in man all the time and turning your back on him and he's able to kind of do his thing and rush for over 100 yards I don't think that's going to be the case here either and look the Patriots offense I will say has not been firing on all cylinders for sure this year but they have been able to get it done each and every week. And this Ravens defense is nothing to uh, nothing to write home about. Getting Jimmy Smith back is certainly a big bonus for this secondary. But it's I mean, we don't know how healthy he is. We don't know how effective he's going to be. It was the same thing we were saying with the Cardinals and Patrick Peterson. And we were watching Patrick Peterson get roasted all over the field, um, you, you know, by the 49ers this past week. Some of these guys that have extended absences, it takes them a little while to kind of get back into the groove of things here. So, you know, for me, I think there's a lot of people who are trying to be smarter than the other people in the room. They are trying to outthink everything. And you know what? Sooner or later, they're going to be right. I mean, sooner, and it might be this week, but every week you can't just pick against the Patriots. And then when it finally happens, go, see, I told you so. I told you this was the week because every single week you're picking against the Patriots. So you're going to be right one way or another because they're not going to cover every single game. They're not going to win every single game. But uh, this week, I think everyone is pointing to this spot as if it's some sort of holy grail here with 
with, uh, you know, a receiving core that is not very good. They're young. They're, you know, Willie Sneed is a guy that is like playing a big role in this offense here. Uh, Mark Andrews has a case of the drops for whatever reason over the uh, over the last several weeks. And Lamar Jackson, frankly, has gotten much, much better in, in year one to year two, but is still one of the, you know, middle to lower middle of the pack passers in all the NFL. So I think a lot of people are going to be holding those Ravens plus three tickets this week, and they're going to try to be the guys that point and say, ha ha, I told you so. But uh, I think I'm going to be on the other side this week. Yeah. I, I, I keep hearing that, you know, this is the week the sharps are all over the Ravens. This is the spot. Yada, yada. I, I heard the same thing last week and I was in on it too. I think we both were, but at some point maybe you just have to accept that the Patriots are the outlier throw away the box scores because they don't tell the whole story. Bill Belichick is on another level. He's coaching a different game out there. So even though the coaching disadvantage is smaller this week, this team finds ways to get the job done and they don't have to cover a big number this week. Like they have been doing week after week. So, you know, the, the inefficiencies on offense aren't going to be as glaring when you only have to cover three, three and a half points. So I, I kind of threw this away at the bottom because I don't know how to cap these Patriots games anymore, but uh, I like that we're going to be on the other side of a lot of the sharp people in this contest. Yeah, and I think there has been a, you know, look, the, the, the Ravens pass rush has been non-existent so far this year, so we don't have to worry about Tom Brady and his cement shoes, you know, being sacked all over the place. That's not going to happen here. So we're, we're not having to worry about, uh, f- from that standpoint, whether we're whether Tom Brady's going to have to de- dodge, you know, guys flying all over the place at him. That's not the case here. And, and you know, of course, the coverage is going to get a little bit better for them getting some of these guys a, a little bit more healthy. But again, you know, for a season from a seasonal aspect here, the uh, coverage for this, this team has not been very good either. So, you know, look, I'm, I'm playing, I'm playing what I thought here would be it, Listen, and I'll tell you this and guys, this is not just a contest play for me. If this thing gets under, if this thing keeps steaming and for whatever reason gets under three, if this thing gets to two and a half before kickoff, Brett, I'm telling you right now, I will have the financial backing of this pick as well. So this is not just, you know, hey, I'm making a contest pick here. I'll, I'll be backing this with my own money as well. Yeah. All right. So let's we've got four and that was a nice, easy four because we were all kind of on board here. So we can talk about our our other couple of picks here. We'll start with you. You have uh, tell me which is which is your favorite of these. You have uh, Bucks plus five and a half Raiders minus two and Steelers plus one. Which one is the highest rated of yours? Uh, that would be the Bucks. This is one that I was kind of going back and forth on uh, with you know, the the Broncos is my other play. I ended up with Broncos just because I I like it as a contest play. But I would say Bucks plus what's the number plus five and a half. Five and a half. Yeah, that that would be my my top one left. Yeah, oh, and that is on the road at the Seahawks. My other two plays were. Uh, Packers minus three and a half and then the Bills minus nine and a half. And really the Bills play came uh, as soon as as soon as the Redskins announced that they were going to Dwayne Haskins. And Brett, we're talking about a very low total game here. So I understand that nine and a half in a game that's sitting at 37 is a is a ridiculous spread that has to be covered. But if you look over at DraftKings over on the East Coast right now, this not this number has moved all the way to ten and a half. So the Bills are having to cover ten and a half in a thirty-seven point game, just to let you know what the people instantly thought of Dwayne Haskins starting for the Redskins here. Um, I do not mind at all your Bucks five and a half game. I mean, if we kind of look into the underlying statistics last week, and we're the same thing we we're kind of talking about with the Brown side was the Bucks really and truly not only sh- should have 
won that game against the Titans, but probably actually should have won that game mildly handily against yes. the Titans. Uh, whenever you really look at, at the advanced stats, how that game broke down. And again, just some untimely turnovers and some untimely kind of calls that went on in that game to get it to where it didn't work out for them. And so, uh, you know, look, I think that the home at home at home field advantage thing over in Seattle uh, one has been diminishing anyway over the years. And two, I just think home field advantage in general in the NFL has been uh, has been rotting away over the last several seasons. And I believe that this is something that we're probably going to get a big data study about here. I imagine someone will do this study in the offseason here as to why that might be. But I have my own theories, which is, you know, look, home field advantage, Brett, I think used to be much, much bigger because especially like let's call it 30 years ago, because teams were like taking buses to games and like you were cramped up on a bus and like you were staying in crappy hotel rooms and all this stuff. But like the NFL is a multi bill. Every team is a multi-billion dollar, you know, thing now entity now. And these guys are flying private. They're staying in the nicest hotels there is. They're bringing massage therapists. They're bringing all these physical therapists. They're bringing chefs and whatever and all this. And, you know, travel isn't near as long as it used to be because people have figured out how to optimize travel. If they have to play on the East coast they'll just stay and then they'll go ahead and go to the next game and whatever so I think people have figured out how to make these road games where they don't really affect the team near as much as they used to and I would say even you know five to ten years ago well yeah and then you also have teams preparing for the noise in practice and it just becomes routine and, and muscle memory I mean these teams are, are more prepared for that than ever before so I, I'm with you I think I think there are certain stadiums where it, it certainly is a factor still but um, I, I, you know it's it's you know the the general thinking is that you, know, you give a team three points for home field advantage you can throw that away for a lot of teams and, and in some places like LA it might actually be negative because you've got teams like the, the Steelers and this week you're going to see it with the Packers they're just going to flood that stadium and turn it into a Packers home game so and, I mean, that's, how does that feel to be the quote-unquote home team and look up in the stands and 70 percent of the crowd is wearing the opposing people's jersey and I think that has a lot to do with why the Chargers are struggling so much this year they don't they don't have that support and they you know for a team that's not playing well I mean it's just unraveling and you can see it yeah. So, you know what? I am OK with going. I'm OK. I'm, I'm imagining you didn't uh, you weren't jumping off the you weren't you weren't jumping out of your seat at Packers three and a half or Bills nine and a half. Um, it, it didn't the seem Packers, like Packers. The Packers one is so interesting. We talked about this on, I think, Tuesday with our early look at the lines. Why isn't this seven like this? Yeah. This line doesn't make sense to me because of what we just talked about with the Chargers at home. So I think the Packers are going to be super popular. So I, I kind of I left it just outside my card. But like, how can you not like the Packers minus three and a half? What's going on here with this line? It's, I dug into it even further. And honestly, the way that I the way that I have this game and everything that I look for, man, I, I can't get there. I honestly I, I just I can't get there on the Chargers side. I I, under, I understand that everyone's going to say like so the one thing I did see is like the Packers pass defense is giving up like a lot of quote unquote of the explosive pass plays. And I guess that if you look at this team with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, and then having Hunter Henry through the, the pass game at the tight end position, like the, that the, the biggest weak spot here for the Packers defense has been giving up these, you know, what, what the advanced stats have now deemed, you know, uh, explosive pass plays, you know, of like 25 plus yards or whatever it is or something like that. Um, but I mean, 
how many of those is is it going to take for the Chargers to really and truly, you know, make this game tight? I don't know. It, I couldn't get there. I don't know. I'll probably be playing this game with my own money. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe there's something I'm just missing and we won't put it on the card here. As far as the Bills go, again, this is just a play against as opposed to a play for. Uh, and this is just a play against Dwayne Haskins making his first start in the NFL uh, at on the road at Buffalo and you know as well as anyone um, that this that the, the, the home field advantage uh, up in Buffalo comes with the weather the conditions the different things like that and I mean you know of course the fans are great too but really the 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 advantage that you see from playing at a Bills place is much different than what I'm talking about from a travel standpoint it becomes the the conditions and what what kind of conditions are we in right now I know the reason that this is an audio podcast this week instead of a <laughs> video podcast this week and, and we'll be back to video next week guys don't worry was is because of mother nature and things that are going on up there in buffalo yeah the the whole city got wrecked by wind on thursday uh so i think about between 40 and 50 thousand people lost power myself included i was without power for uh, a lot quite a while so uh this i think we're looking at between 15 and 20 mile per hour winds right now that could always change it is buffalo it might end up snowing on sunday so we're not really sure uh, what the weather is going to look like but um yeah, look, I've been on the Dwayne Haskins is bad wagon since well before the draft, so I totally get this. It's just hard for me to get behind this offense covering more than a touchdown. Right. Because there's, this offense is this this Bills offense is a disaster. It and that is true and and in a game where there's not likely to be a ton of points anyway, uh, I'm totally I'm totally fine with that and I think that, you know, whenever you really if when we really kind of take a look at at this thing here, I mean like Brett it is this thing could be this this could this could be like a nine three game it really could like this this thing could be like nine to three that might even be high I mean (laughs) you're expecting these this these teams to make field goals in this in this weather I I don't know if that's possible either so I mean this could be like a you know a a seven to zero game or something like like, it could it could end up being like that this is I feel like this total is actually high I know, right? And and it's I think there's another yeah, there's there's a couple of these low totals this week that I think are are definitely uh out of out of whack here. So you know what, man? I'm okay with this. Let's um let's go ahead and go with the 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 Bucks plus five and a half here, and that will round out our card. And I like this pick as well. I mean, it was one, two, three, four, five, six, eight. It was seven on my card anyway, so it's not like it's that far down as it is. And and we were on the same side of this one as opposed to being on opposite sides of this one. The only other one that I had that was coming in uh, a little bit higher was just the uh, was just the Eagles and Bears, and that was that was taking the Eagles uh, at home against this Bears team. That I think I think these I think both of those teams are just going in the complete opposite directions right, right. now, and um and you know the Eagles getting a little bit healthier, Bears just getting you know a little bit worse from. I mean, talk about a guy that needs to be run out of town. Like if Nagy's not gone at the end of this year, I understand Trubisky's been bad, but some of these decisions this guy has made and then decided to then decided to double down on and and try and say that he was making the right decision. It's just absolutely absurd there. So, um, yeah, I, I that was the only other one that was a little bit higher on my card, but I didn't have like a ton of conviction in that one. The four and a half number uh, is we're getting the worst of it there. That number is sitting at four right now out there. So, you know, I, I never if if it comes down to kind of a tiebreaker, right, I never like to take the worst of the number. So I'm 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 completely OK with the five and a half here on the uh, on the Buccaneers, because there's certainly some fives out there. And I think that even at DraftKings right now, if you want the five and a half on the Bucks, it's juiced to 115. So we could see this thing move to five as well. So we're actually probably going to be getting at least a half a point in this game. 
Yeah, and it's a little scary having the Hawks this far up in my card because I've whiffed with them several times this year. But this is just too many points against a team coming off a bye with this much firepower in the passing game that Seattle is just not built to stop. This is one of the worst pass rushes in the NFL with a lousy coverage unit in the secondary. How exactly are they going to stop Godwin and Evans here? Uh, the only thing that gives me pause, of course, is Jameis doing Jameis things. But and 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 if he does, then 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 you know so what? Seattle it. could win by two touchdowns. So like we'll just yeah, you know so we'll it. yeah and and so be it. Yeah, it's it, it's like you know that's the risk you take when you when you put the bucks on your card every week as it is you know and that's that's probably built into this number, right? I mean, like yeah. the Jameis factor essentially. Yeah, but the matchups in this game favor Tampa Bay, and with an extra week of preparation, this is this is just clearly the right side for me. Jags plus one and a half, Vikings plus two, Broncos plus three and a half, Patriots minus three and a half, and Bucks plus five and a half. I think we're I like on it. the right side of a lot of these numbers. I think that we're uh, going to get the better of a lot of these as well, and I think that we're also on some pretty good contest picks as well so i'm feeling pretty good about this one as well my friend and uh as we said guys we'll be back to normal video next uh next week no worries there just a, a little bit of a technical uh power outage you know some technical aspects that we couldn't get get past up there in uh in the old great white north i'm gonna go ahead and just call <laughs> buffalo the great white north moving forward so uh for for everything here but uh good stuff brett good luck this week my friend and we'll uh we'll we'll be back We'll be back on uh, Sunday night for the Sunday Night Football Breakdown as well as Monday for Monday Night Football Breakdown. Guys, thanks for listening. For Brett, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week.